Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of The Boundless Show. Lisa Anderson here with you. And as I often like to do, um, I'm going to give you a little preview of what is coming up, though I will uh, collectively lament with you as I often comment on dates and times and stuff like that. We are now exiting June, which I'm very upset about. And so I need you to hear that in my voice and I need you to empathize with me. Okay. Anyway, later on for our inbox, a listener wants some practical tips for how to have good boundaries with friends of the opposite sex. So specifically, like how do you know if you're spending too much time together and can you even spend one-on-one time with that person? So one of our counselors will weigh in on that. And then for our culture segment, Jonathan Pakluda is a friend of The Boundless Show. Uh, He is the pastor of Harris Creek Baptist Church, former leader of The Porch at Watermark in Dallas. And he came recently to do a Q&A via uh, listen app. We did a listen app event with him answering all kinds of dating and relationship questions. And so you will not want to miss that. Okay, here we are for our roundtable and a timely topic that we're going to discuss today. Uh, I don't know if you have noticed that inflation is rising around the U.S. here and also the world, let's be honest, because there are a lot of things, uh, world events affecting finances right now. And so we thought we would talk about how we are each kind of wrestling with this, dealing with it, and hopefully heading it off at the pass so we can just generally um, survive (laughs) from week to week. So I have got three guys here today, not that only men can talk about money, I'm going to weigh in too, but Zach, Alex, and John are here. Hey guys. Hey Lisa. Hello. Hi Lisa. Hello, hello. Okay, so um, I went yesterday and filled up my car with gas and it cost me 50 bucks. So that was the first time that I think I'd let my car get that low on gas. So it was just very shocking. I stopped before work. And so I was just reeling when I came in, like, what in the world? Now I actually have to go to work because I just spent 50 bucks on gas. So <laughs> I want to hear from y'all. What, um, how are you feeling the effects of inflation? Like, what does it look like for you in everyday life? And um, are you surprised by this? Is it like, really hitting your wallet or what is what's the vibe for you yeah with gas everyone feels it i've been feeling that a lot my gas tank cost me 70 dollars last time i filled it up which is just like i know i know i think for me the area i've seen it most besides gas has been the housing market because not only is colorado springs pretty expensive anyway because it's in colorado but also with less money in the budget Looking for places to live. I got married a couple weeks ago and looking for a new place. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, Looking for a new place for us has been kind of hard because we've had less money because of inflation and also just because housing market, housing prices continue to rise. So that's where I felt it. That's what. Okay. But also you have to clarify what, what vehicle is costing 70 bucks to fill up? 06 Camry. Four liter. What? I know. I know. Could have been just a weird gas station. Oh, it could have been. Okay. Or you were, or you were in smarter. like Southern California. <laughs> okay, <laughs> then I could understand it. That makes sense. So what, sound- what about you, Zach? Um, I was just going to say that price does sound like Toyota 4Runner territory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, for me, this is one of those times where um, God's ways are higher than mine, and I'm blessed to be a failure to launch at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've been <laughs> sheltered in many ways. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, in this regard, this is, yeah, probably, yeah, probably the best job I've had easily, um, bar none, most full one. Um so I felt it more indirectly as f- so far. Um, I've felt it kind of as a presence in my family, um, as a person who tries to be kind of like social science culturally engaged. Um, I see it there too. And I'd say ideologically, metaphysically, like what is the nature of government? What's the nature of this problem? Where the nature of the forces at play? How is this all interrelate? It's really affected me in that regard. I'm one of those persons that doesn't know how to stop thinking. So I'm trying to okay. see how can I think about it. Okay. So you said, uh, you kind of tongue in cheek said failure to launch, but describe, so you're kind of, you're getting your footing. You started, you're a newer employee here, I know. And so you're living at home and just kind of figuring out what next steps are and all of that. So, okay, cool. John, how about you? Definitely. When I go to the grocery store, I remember there was a particular brand of saltine crackers, which I absolutely love that was not on the shelf for several months. And then all of a sudden when they come back, they probably went from less than $3 to almost five. Oh, okay. And that's just one example where I'm seeing it (laughs) all over the place. Uh, Stuff that 
used to cost me half of what it does even six months ago has just shot up through the roof. So I'm having to be much more frugal when I go to the grocery store. Yeah. That's so funny you say that. And of course, I'm going to sound super judgy on Gen Z. Sorry, you guys. I don't mean to, but I do a little bit. Um, One of my friends is single and actually has like several housemates. So she'll rent out rooms in her house and stuff. And she has a couple Gen Zers who are rooming with her. And she was saying, what is up? She said, "This there's like inflation. She said, why is one of my roommates still doing like Grubhub for like every other meal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's just like, <laughs> she's like, what? I need to talk to her. And the other day, <laughs> She went grocery shopping at Target. Like, oh no one God. should be getting groceries at Target. And so it's like, okay. They'll learn. Now, not, learn. not that, you know, the, her Gen Z roommate, who's probably awesome, can't teach her a few things, too. But she was just very upset by that and felt like she was going to have to have a teachable moment with her. about Because, again, prices matter and places matter and where you're shopping and what you're doing and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, that is that is tricky. So, okay, well, then what does this look like? Like, how... Have any of you actually felt this as a pinch where you've had to go back to your budget and be like, okay, there might be some things I'm going to have to cut here. There might be some things I'm going to have to like rethink. Um, What have you actually felt the burn yet as far as this goes? Or um, are you more anticipating it coming? It's going to be a lot harder as time goes on. Um, I think right now, because it's so recent, at least from my perspective, it's been so recent. I haven't really felt it, especially because since being married and since moving into a new place and all this stuff, everything costs a lot right now anyway for me. Furniture, Mm -hmm. different, like, more rooms in our apartment than we've ever had. Mm -hmm. I've gotten kind of (laughs) accustomed to like, oh, I guess we just, we have to pay this. We have to pay for health insurance. We have to pay for car insurance. Mm -hmm. So I think being a fairly new person to the financial market, I haven't felt it as much. But I know that if prices continue to rise, it's going to be a lot more painful. Mm Okay. Okay. It's so funny you say that because my um, housemate and I, we've split up a couple things in the house, which first of all, having a roommate is awesome because it's so cost effective. I lived on my own for a long time and it's been really cool having a friend um, as my housemate. But we kind of, there are a couple things we split. Like she, we're in a place for the first time in my life that actually has an HOA. It just drives me bonkers. But so she pays the HOA and I pay the utility bill. So of course that makes me very... very vigilant about our utility bill because she's just like blasting on the air and i'm like oh no that air is going off girl that's my bill okay and so it was just funny we had to have a few little words over that mm-hmm. over the air versus like randomly leaving doors open versus now she wants to install a ceiling fan i'm like you can't even handle any noise you're not going to be able to deal with a ceiling fan and so yeah i'm getting all weird about it it's funny how you know all of a sudden when you're looking at your bills you're like okay i don't know um john talk about your situation in particular about like is there a pinch so far The only place that I have really felt it is um, a few weeks ago, I bought a plane ticket for a special event that I'm going to in July that my family has going on. And what amazed me is I bought the plane ticket. And then as I was buying the plane ticket, I started to realize, wait a minute, there's this fee. There's that fee. There's this other fee. There's this other fee that I still need to pay. There's that other fee. And it added up to something so much more than I thought it was going to be. And to a point where I started to wonder, man, am I even going to make my budget this week? I actually had to readjust my budget for that week. Mm -hmm. That's been the one time that I have felt it. Um, I definitely have had to be much more aggressive with saving than I was even six months ago. So just even the basic necessities of life. I'm having to create a lot more margin for a just in case type of scenario where I do need to spend more. Mm -hmm. And then I'm purposely spending a lot less. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I actually looked, you know, I thought I haven't been home in a while. And so I figured, okay, well, later this summer, this is going to be a great opportunity to go see the family, whatever. But their nearest airport is a smallish town airport. So I started looking at flights and there is not a month between now and the end of the year where I have found a flight, except for like a couple isolated dates that I couldn't make 
that was like under seven hundred dollars. Yeah. And so I'm yeah. like, well, I'll probably see you next year. Um, <laughs> because of course I don't want to drive either because it's not like a short drive. Right. So I'm kind of like, whoa, that's yeah, that's tricky. Okay, so let's talk about what it looks like. Like, what are you doing to counter this? What are ways that you're trying to save money, or maybe there's like ways you're trying to invest now, or squirrel stuff away, or look into new opportunities to be like. Uh, here's what I make at my job, but somehow this is going to have to be stretched or I'm going to have to do something different. Well, I'm definitely trimming the fat on um, the side of, yeah, making my budget. I'm in a blessed point where I have, I'm setting up a new budget. And I can see this at first in play. Um, I'm also very much looking at the investing side. That's probably the side I'm mm-hmm. most aiming at. I'm trying to find assets that will not lose their value at the rate. So I'm looking currently into a lot of um, cryptocurrencies and the infrastructure related to them. A lot of them were designed as maintainers of value. Mm-hmm. So they may be um, a great hedge um, against that. So that's the one I'm banking on the most while also trying to keep my head open for yeah other ways of um, okay. investing. Yeah, that's great. This is a little bit funny, but before inflation really kicked in, I had never even really used coupons before. And now all of a sudden I am looking into my mailbox for them coming in the mail on a pretty consistent basis because the grocery store I shop at actually sends me coupons on a monthly basis. And even if it's five, 10, $15, if you add those up over time, that does go a long way. So yeah. I've finally started using coupons and I'm always looking for now, especially those yellow tags when you're at the grocery store and you see, hey, this is on sale, and if you have a shopper's card at this particular grocery store, then you get it for maybe 50 cents off. So yeah. that's one thing that I'm definitely doing to combat it. Yeah, that's good. I mean, with a little bit of research, you can do some crazy stuff. Like I have some friends who they know, like there are days where your coupons are doubled. Um, although it cracks me up because I shop sometimes for my neighbor who's 96 just to help her out. But it's funny because she doesn't, you know, she doesn't want to be out like slogging around stores. But at the same time, she's like really sharp about knowing like what's on sale and like she follows the ads. And then she'll like tell me, okay, this one's a digital coupon. This one's a store ad. This one's a double. This one you have to get five items. And I'm like, girl, I am not getting you five bags of jasmine rice just so that, you know, you get 20 cents off. So sometimes you have to think it through a little bit, I guess. But yeah. How about you, Alex? It's a little uncomfortable to to talk about but flexible freelance work on mm. top of your main job mm-hmm. it's not super attractive at first but if you can find something flexible that works in your schedule that's something i've been doing yeah. i'm lucky enough to be an audio guy so mm. freelance podcast work um, even looking into maybe some freelance writing because seo is really important for websites so yeah. looking into some freelance writing but if you can fit it in your schedule and it means some extra money it's yeah. definitely going to help you with that margin. Well, especially if it's something you enjoy. Like this yeah. is where I always tell people like this is a great time to put some money to a hobby you have. And like if it's photography or if it's something that you're you have a skill at that you can do elsewhere like Alex is talking about. I mean, yeah, especially now in the summer, people like being out and about. If there's something that, you know, maybe you work an office job all day and there's something you can pick up, you know, in an evening or on a weekend and stuff and really have fun doing it. That's a great way to do it. Um, Okay, speaking of uncomfortable topics, let's talk about stuff that we're not willing to give up and how (laughs) terrible that is, or how you're trying to prioritize maybe something that you're like, okay, I really want to keep this, this is really important to me, but maybe something else is going to have to give in the meantime. Is there anything that applies there? Coffee. Okay. (laughs) Wait, like coffee, coffee, or like specialty, like I go out to stores and buy specialty coffees? If I'm being honest, probably more <laughs> towards the right. Okay. Or, yeah. To so you're talking about definition. your $6 craft coffee of like, yeah, go in some, because now you're paying for an experience too. Mm-hmm. Or $7 know, coffee, but who's or seven? <laughs> <laughs> well, inflation, you know, clearly by the time this thing airs, it'll be 12. So yeah. whatever. But okay. So that's real. That's a priority. That's a passion. It's a somewhat, um, it's also a great way to um, socialize with people. Okay. Um, so there's things related. Um, no, yeah, it also, to put kind of a spin on it, it also kind of tells you where your priorities are at things. So I, yeah. I say even that a little tongue in cheek, but yeah, coffee is one of those things I'm very known for buying and need to okay. address that. Okay. But it is, like you said, you know, the whole idea of like, if you're going out with friends and I find that like a lot of folks listening, you know, especially if you're single, it kind of is, you find your gathering places to hang out with people and then you have to figure out 
okay, how am I going to make this work? That's a good one. Yeah, I would be in the same spot, but my wife works at a local coffee shop in town, so I oh. get free coffee, which is amazing. Okay. That's I'll say good. something that I can't uh, give up is flights, something that mm. you mentioned earlier, John. Uh, my in-laws are all in Virginia, and mm. my sister-in-law just got married uh, a couple weekends ago. Mm. And so we had to be there. Me and my wife had to be there because um, I needed to be the sound guy. She needed to be a bridesmaid. So that mm. just had to happen. And like you were saying, John, like it was expensive. It was money, money because it's June and in wedding season. But mm. we just had to make it work. Um, another thing I'll say is also vegetables. Mm. They're yeah. expensive. But if you yeah. go to Trader Joe's and you're smart, <laughs> like they, you can buy them. And you can kind of cut corners where... I might buy some Cheetos or buy some goldfish. My wife will put them back on the shelf and buy Mm -hmm. some carrots. And I'm very appreciative of that. (laughs) That's good. And that's something that you can find sales on. Or another great opportunity is a lot of, you know, um, you know, people think like farmer's markets are pretty bougie and stuff, but you can actually go there. And if it's farmers growing stuff that's like, especially native to your region, you can get great deals on good produce Mm -hmm. that is very fresh. And hello, um, single young adult tip, especially when you're at the grocery store, people are like, I can't buy this entire like head of whatever because it's going to go bad. And yeah, it does because you buy it and then you're just too lazy to cook it. So find a friend and split it with a friend or two and stuff, you know, because they don't make single vegetable portions of fresh produce. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to be honest. So you got to be creative. That's good. I had to have a very honest conversation with myself about giving money to my church. Oh, so okay. tithing has been something that um, I've tried to be very diligent with, and I currently have it set up to where I can just automatically give out of my account mm-hmm. when paydays come. But I really had to ask myself and look in the mirror, am I still going to do this and trust God? Is this something that I'm going to budge on now that I'm feeling the effects of inflation a little bit? And the more I really thought about it and prayed about it, the more I realized God's word does not give us a pass that says you can tithe, but if inflation reaches a certain percentage, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, okay, you're exempt from this. And I said, no, I have to trust God with my money. Mm -hmm. So giving to my local church is definitely something that I've had to look at myself in the mirror and say, even if the inflation rate continues to skyrocket, I'm still going to trust God Mm -hmm. and give to my local church like he says that I need to. Yeah, that's good. Well, and we know that trusting God on any level is, um, you know, God honors those who trust him. And so it doesn't mean, I mean, I remember having agonizing back in the day um, over giving my tithe one week because I knew that if I did, I wouldn't make my rent. I mean, this was back when I was, you know, early 20s and whatever. And so I remember just praying like, Lord, I'm just going to be faithful and I'm going to do this and I'm going to whatever. And so I put the money in the offering basket and, um, yeah, my check bounced. Um, so, so all that to say, wow. it's not like a genie in a bottle. You don't yeah. just say, I'm going to be faithful and God will miraculously, you know what? God might teach you a good lesson. And so that's okay mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, you know, I never ended up on the street. I never felt, you know, God, God was faithful, um, in the long run. And it's just a good memory of realizing that, you know what? I trust him and he's got my future. So it's all good. So on that note, I would say the creative God does allow for um, creative tithing, uh, especially as prices take a hit. Like, say you're a person who specializes in maintenance, um, and you're you and your family are being really hit hard by inflation, um, but you also have a church that needs some repair, some maintenance stuff that actually, given the price, may be more uh, may be at a point where your, your work may be more valuable than the money itself. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so jumping in and helping your church with projects, helping them basically in expenses, that's a creative way of doing stuff too. Yeah, thank you. Um, Okay, well, speaking of trusting God, what does it look like for us to follow the news around inflation, to see what's going on in the world, to not get bitter or weird and, you know, descend into weird blame-shifting mechanisms of if only so-and-so were in office or so-and-so were or whatever, all of our problems would be solved. Um, How do you guys keep up on things but not get into a doomsday mentality of like, is this going to be the rest of my adult life? Is this ever going to end? Yeah. I think that I would actually caution people from just completely giving up news because these things are happening. Mm-hmm. It's like actually what's happening and you can be informed and also not become super depressed. Yeah. I think what you need to do and what I've been 
really just learning from the Lord recently is that for every thought of, oh my gosh, this world is collapsing. Oh my gosh, I'm going to run out of money. We are being given an opportunity by the Lord to trust him. Mm -hmm. And people have been in worse spots before. The church has been in worse spots before, much worse than inflation. And they were given opportunities to trust the Lord. And so I think right now we need to acknowledge with every bad piece of news we get that the Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills, like Mm -hmm. the money that we're paying for these saltine crackers. Like it's his money. It's his crackers. Mm -hmm. It's his world. Mm -hmm. So, and he's not going to let us, you know, die before our time. He's not going to let us lack a resource that we need. So Mm -hmm. I think we should see this as more of an opportunity rather than a panic moment. Yeah. I definitely concur um, very much in line of Matthew 6. You know, don't worry. God can take care. If God keeps the sparrows and all their splendor, he'll take care of us, the lilies of the field. Um, But also, um, we live in a very Genesis 1 and Romans 1 world. We live not just in the God of Revelation, amen for that, but also the God of the whole created order. And if there are, yeah, um, people working against that, if there are people responsible for this in some way, shape, or form, they can only do it so long before God's order Mm-hmm. Um, will be maintained. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah. I think there's a lot of hope across the whole field for this. Yeah, good point. Absolutely. I'm going through Proverbs in my Bible reading right now, and I wrote this particular verse down. It says, Whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. Mm-hmm. And something that I have really tried to remind myself of is that practically speaking, it's good to pay attention to what's going on in your local community. How much are things costing? How much is gas? Um, How much are groceries? Yes, absolutely pay attention to that and then budget for those things. But at the same time, money is a resource, but it's not our source. Mm -hmm. And something that I really kind of learned even after my mother passed away is that riches this side of heaven are temporary. Mm -hmm. So they're good tools for how to get through life, but you can't take any of it with you when you enter into heaven. What's really going to matter this side of eternity is the relationships you formed, the time you spent with God, and the investments you made in other people. So no matter what is going on economically, God has a way of providing for his children that is just just so mind-blowing at times Mm -hmm. and we have to trust that and also at the same time be very practical yeah and i think that trusting and being encouraged in that and looking forward and being hopeful is a very great beacon to the world of like how where our security rests and they will take notice because as they are fretting and fuming and you know, really worrying about what that looks like. We have the chance to be in our communities, the people who are welcomers and inviters and the ones who are like, hey, come on and, you know, let's let's sit down and talk about it. Let's gather um, and all of that. So well said, guys. Hey, thanks so much for weighing in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. You're my calm in the chaos, my peace in the war. You speak into the madness. Tell me I'm yours Tell me I'm yours You're my calm You're my calm in the chaos My peace in the war You speak into the madness And tell me I'm yours Only you can satisfy my Okay, here we are for our culture segment, 
And uh, it is always a super fun time and an honor when I can welcome my friend Jonathan Pakluda here to the show. He is, um, we call him JP, but really a lot of people do, so I can't just claim that myself. Um, but when he's not just generally being fantastic, he is lead pastor of Harris Creek Baptist Church in Waco, Texas, which he loves to brag about, and he will probably do that later on about his town and his state and Let's whatever. Go, okay. <laughs> hey, I'm not done introducing you. You're not even welcome to jump in yet. Okay, but in addition to that, (laughs) you may know him as the former leader of The Porch up at Watermark Church in the Dallas area. Um, We are big friends and fans of The Porch here. Also host of the podcast, Becoming Something, which I had the privilege of being on last fall. A great time there. Uh, He is married to Monica. They have three kids that I am sure he is already talking about these topics with, (laughs) prepping them for young adulthood. So, JP, welcome to The Boundless Show. Oh, it's so great to be on, and you were right, and it's wearing me out, talking talking to, I have a 15-year-old, and it, it is real, but I'm excited to be on here with you, and you're, we, we have uh, just been friends for a while, and so fun to just get to take questions and talk about this topic of dating. So yes, Waco, Texas is the promised land. For those of you listening that would like to move <laughs> here, I would love to help you. Okay, well, we now have a, a travelogue and a pitch for Waco, Texas. So any of you that want to move, you can talk to JP after the show. All right, um, we are going to do, this is this week and next week, you guys. So you have to uh, tune in again next week because we are doing totally Q&A with JP here. And um, it, it, this is going to be really fun because many of you know, uh, we had him on the show in the past to talk about outdated, find love that lasts when dating has changed. And he's also the author of Welcome to Adulting, Navigating Faith, Friendship, Finances, and the Future. And so basically everything he has ever written has to do with us. So this is great. This is like your your wheelhouse, um, folks listening. This is for you. And so um, I see that we have got, in fact, we're going to jump right into, into Q&A here um, with you, JP, because we have people ready and willing to ask questions. Um, some of them are going to do it in person. Some of them have come in on social media because whatever, people can't be in live because they have jobs. I don't know about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, first up, we're going to bring Zach in. Zach, what's your question? Um, hello. Thank you for having me. I was wondering um, if you have good advice for how to get to know someone at work. And if you do ask them out and you get shot down, how to not make it weird. <laughs> JP, yeah, you better tackle that one. The workplace romance. Yeah, I love it. Let me just say this up front that um, you, there's a there's a part of Q&A's that are weird. It can feel like, oh, man, like I'm a I'm a know it all. I'm not I just have a a, a great book, 66 books uh, with lots of wisdom. And I've just had a front row seat of tens of thousands of people dating and so much of ministry is pattern recognition. And so uh, just trying to write down, you know, and, and learn along the way. I paid a lot of dummy tax myself and so want to be helpful. And so as it relates to like, hey, how do I let someone know that I want to get to know them? Uh, Romans 12 just says love must be sincere. And I'm a big fan of all the like, hey, how do I ask or how do I say or how do I tell or how do I communicate? Usually right behind that question is the thing that you want to communicate. And it's almost always good enough, you know. And so a a great phrase is, hey, I would love to get to know you more if that's something that you'd be interested in doing. And if it progresses from that to, uh, hey, now we're on a date, I would just say on the front end, it's like, you know what? If this doesn't go well, we're going to have to continue to uh, work professionally together. And let's just go in eyes wide open that neither one of us wants that to be weird. And a lot of times you can remove those those future hardships just by addressing them on the front end. And so like, hey, here's the deal. I would love to go on a date with you. I would love to get to know you better. To be very clear about my intentions, it's to get to know you better. I can't promise that this is going to progress, you know, into a relationship or anything like that. And and as we hang out, um, if if it doesn't progress further than just us spending time on a date, I don't want this to be weird when we're in the copy room, you know, at work uh, or we bump into each other in the hallway. And so I'm going to do everything I can to navigate that and. At the end of the day, if it is weird, it doesn't mean you did anything wrong. Uh, There's relational dynamics that are just challenging. You cannot determine obedience by the outcome. You cannot even determine determine obedience by the perceived outcome. And so as you ask somebody out, if you get into a relationship with them, 
and you guys are progressing and then all of a sudden you hit a brick wall, it, it dead ends. It's probably going to be a little bit weird in the office space. And those are the problems you chose, you know, in, in determining, hey, I want to date somebody that I work with. Yeah, great thoughts there. Um, Zach, thank you so much for asking that question. I know that is a, a tricky one. And it's always kind of that, like you said, the after effect of like, oh, what if it doesn't work out? This is so awkward. And so I appreciate you um, you saying that. All right, let's go ahead and take someone else who is waiting uh, in the room. We're going to hear from Sarah. Sarah, if you are there, go ahead and ask your question. Okay, thanks. Um, so my question is, how do you date if you're always busy? Like, say, if you're overcommitted with school and work and also in a lot of volunteer activities outside and you kind of feel like you don't have time to meet anybody or even date? Yeah. Yeah, you, you can't. Um, that, that's the honest truth. Like if you don't have time to date, you can't date. You can't do, honestly, you can't do anything that you don't have time to do. And so, uh, just as you prioritize your schedule, like you, you, again, just with this phrase, you're choosing your problems. And so what you can do is create overlap. And so as you volunteer in organizations, I heard you say that you could say, Hey, would you like to, you know, come with me? to my church and serve with me in this area and we can get to know each other that way. So you can, you could certainly do that. But at, at the end of the day, it, it sounds like your life is really, really full. And those are some of the challenges uh, that you're choosing by filling the calendar. So full. I'm i I'm an Enneagram seven uh, at, at least, you know, that's, it's not my identity, but it is a, a personality type according to the Enneagram. And so I, I'm FOMO all the time. I love to, you know, fill my schedule full and I just, I have to not do that. I mean, I have to create time to take my wife out. I have to take, create time to be a good dad to the kids and, um, and just prioritize those things. And so Sarah, as you think about dating and getting to know someone, you're going to want to create time and space to do that or create overlap, uh, in the things that you're already doing. Cool. Uh, also, just FYI, for those who are sevens um, or for, for JP, he can know that when they describe the dark side of the seven, uh, it tends to be described as gluttony. <laughs> so, yeah, um, no, sorry. it's true. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that uh, manifests in many different ways. But yeah, it is one of those avoidance of pain and, and what that looks like and FOMO exactly as you said it. So good point. So, okay, we have someone else uh, waiting here in the in the wings. Uh, let's go to Sean. Sean, go ahead and ask your question. Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my question really uh, is trying to find balance in dating, um, you know, avoiding passivity, but also not seeming rigid. Um, so allowing spontaneity and flexibility, but not being passive, but also not trying to, you know, uh, hyper control the situation. Yeah. Wow. That's such a great question. So honest, Sean. Thank you for that. It's something I, I have said many times is you want to be intentional without being intense. And so intentional is removing confusion. And so just to, to be aware that that often the opposite sex wanders. Uh, uh, young women wonder their mind. I wonder where this is going. I wonder how he feels. I wonder if he's going to call me. I wonder when we're going to do this again. I wonder where we're going to go. And I wonder how long we're going to be there. And so just as their minds wander, I think it's good to think through, okay, what are all the questions that she has and how can I answer some of, of those questions? How can I remove confusion? How can I use my words? It's like a, I, I would tell my kids when they were younger, it's like, hey, you got to use your words. I don't, I don't know how you feel unless you use your, your words. And that sounds so elementary, but I think sometimes when our heart gets engaged, uh, we can move past that. And again, to bring in the, the scripture, just this idea that love must be uh, sincere. And then I think to uh, avoid with while we're doing that, while we're removing confusion, uh, avoid being intense is it, it doesn't look like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to pick you up at seven. I'm going to walk to the, to the door at seven Oh five, you know, I'm going to greet you, but I'm going to give you three feet of space. I'm going to go and open your car door. I'm going to let you in. And then we're going to go here. And it's this, you know, and it's like, Whoa, that's a little bit overplanned. It's a little bit intense. And so there's somewhere in between uh, understanding the questions that someone is asking, uh, addressing those questions, and then just being over explanatory, over over descriptive in that. And then when the spontaneity is another word you you use is just this. Not everybody. Here's what I've learned: is spontaneity does not bless everyone. And so if that's important to you, 
you know, you just need to know that going in eyes wide open is, hey, I enjoy be being spontaneous. And so if I'm looking for someone to spend the rest of my life with, it's probably going to be important that they have some tolerance for spontaneity. Uh, and if and then others, there are other people that they like everything planned. And those are those are good things to know as well. Yeah, great thought. And thanks, Sean, so much for your question. Um, yeah, it just makes me think that, you know, and I, I could speak for the ladies here, and maybe this is true for guys as well, but women love guys who are just about their business, okay? Like they are, they're confident in the sense of they know what God has called them to, they're busy serving, they're busy living their life, they're busy into a lot of different interests, and not just like glomming onto women and worrying about what the, the tactics of asking women out, but just guys who are very comfortable and kind of going about their business. And then, hey, by the way, um, you seem kind of interesting. What's your business? And let's go out and let me hear about it. So just my two cents on that one. I like it. I don't know. Um, okay, let's go ahead and bring in our next question asker. We have got Bailey. Bailey, go ahead. You're on with JP. Hi, how are you guys? Good. Hey, Bailey. <laughs> Um, okay, so my question is about, like, texting. Um, so I read an article recently that said that if a guy doesn't have time to text you back, like, more than one time a day, that that's a big red flag. And I wasn't sure if I agreed with that, like, especially if your communication's well and you enjoy being together and everything like that. Do you think it's a big deal if he may be too busy to text back every day or more than once every day? Yeah. He might just so, not be able to use a smartphone. Um, no, I'm, yeah, I'm just yeah. teasing. Go ahead, JP. No, I, I like what you said because here's where my – like, guys, you got to understand I'm, I'm a simple guy. Like, I just teach the Bible. You know, I believe there's a God. I believe that he's he's given us this incredible source of wisdom through his word and his Holy Spirit. And believe it or not, in all of the 66 books and all of the chapters and the verses in the Scripture, nowhere does it talk about texting and so I think in the modern day of dating, you're going to hear, you're going to read all kinds of articles that say all kinds of things. And you just have to cross-reference the word. Like, so gosh, if you can't text me back, uh, that's a giant red flag. Well, that, that means, Hey, a guy that just says, honestly, like, I just don't text. That's, that's not my thing. I don't even have texting on my phone. I don't even have texting capabilities. Uh, then it sounds like that guy, according to that article, it, it, he just can't date, you know? And so I think it's, as long as you're on the same page, like nobody can determine for you uh, what hurts your feelings. And for some of you, you're like, you know what? I may, I would like someone to communicate with me throughout the day and to check in and understand how I feel. Others of you, you know, you're lower maintenance. You're like, you know what? I don't, I just don't need that. I'm not, that's not where I'm at. And he checks in once a day. That's great. Or even once a week in this phase, maybe we're long distance, who knows? And so I, I'm not a big fan of these, of these resources that that come up with these rules that are outside the scripture honestly that's the essence of legalism legalism is when we take uh, a rule and we make it universal when it's not a biblical idea and um and so the biblical idea there would be you know to to communicate well whatever you do that you would you would love others as yourself that you wouldn't play games you know that that you would represent the heart of god and that you would you would clearly communicate what a comfortable amount of time of communication looks like or frequency, I should say. That makes sense. Absolutely. Wonderful. Um, well, I want to remind folks, as you are listening, that we are hearing from Jonathan Pacluda. He is lead pastor of Harris Creek Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. He's also the author of both Outdated, Find Love That Lasts When Dating Has Changed, and Welcome to Adulting, Navigating Faith, Friendship, Finances, and the Future. And he is answering your questions this week and next week. So we're going to get a lot of questions in here. So those of you who are uh, listening live, you are able to raise your hand and be part of this conversation. Those of you listening after the fact, I hope you're enjoying um, the questions that are being asked and, and probably some of them were top of mind for you as well. So, okay, next up, let's go to Annika. Annika, hopefully I am pronouncing your name correctly. If I'm not, go ahead and correct me, but you are live with JP. Hi, Lisa. Hi, JP. <laughs> Hello. Hey, so it is Anika, actually. It's Anika. Anika. All right. So my question is, um, based on your experience with ministry, why do you think that some men of the just generation are hesitant to pursue God-fearing women? Like, is it commitment, career, 
waiting to be financially stable or are they intimidated by strong godly women yeah all of i'm gonna go with d all of the <laughs> above you know and i can add to the list i think pornography is a big part of the problem i think just the accessibility of sexuality through digital media has grown the passivity of men um i think it's just a it's an epidemic uh, in and outside of the church i think that it's it's a lack of discipleship i think some of it is you know just what we're you know men the other thing is is they're, they're they have a target on their back too it's like with the toxic masculinity movement and things of that nature and so we kind of we, we we talk out of both sides of our mouth as culture a little bit. It's like, hey, we want men to be less passive and, and to pursue. And yet, you know, when they do, we're going to call it gross. And, and certainly some of that, I, I want to be clear, like some of that criticism is really, really fair. And, and just to like understand where it is and where it's not, you know, those are the challenges. But I think even just like online dating, I mean, why is a guy going to walk across the room and and put himself out there and risk being rejected if he doesn't have to and today he doesn't have to and that's a problem and if you want to help fix that problem um hold out <laughs> hold out for that you know wait wait for it and say hey um you know call me old-fashioned if you want to but i just i want a, a man who's willing to walk up and look me in the eyes and and shake my hand and introduce himself and ask me good open-ended questions. And there's a risk when you say, Hey, I'm going to wait for that is because it can feel like, man, I, you know, maybe God doesn't have someone for me and, and maybe he's not out there. And I know that that feels um, that can feel like a, a downer, but God is still good and life is still short and we've got to continue to remind ourselves of those truths. So true. Thank you, Anika, for asking that question. Um, of course, Anika and I, JP, both were just asking that for a friend about the stronger yeah, yeah. women. Yeah. Oh, we, I get it. we have I so many it. friends totally who are strong, it. not us. We're just quiet and demure, yeah. but just so you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want to, before we close out this segment, um, so I, I want to actually take one of our social media questions uh, for the folks that couldn't be here live today. And uh, this person, this is kind of interesting. This could just be a yes or or no answer, maybe, but you uh, feel free to elaborate, JP. Um, our listener is wondering, it's been a little over a year since Outdated was published, and I've personally benefited from it greatly. Is there anything, though, from the book that now you'd like to clarify further or amend? Oh, that's so good. Um, gosh, there is. I was just thinking about something, and I, I here here's what it is. I wish that... I would be more clear in the book of what dating is and what it's not. And just really going into dating with an understanding of exactly what you're looking for so that you know when you found it. And I just, I think we are so far, we're so much into the feeler land. We're so much into um, like my, how I feel is ultimate. And that has just, that has really messed us up, I think, as a culture, specifically as it comes to marriage and dating. And so I would love to spend more time in the book on that idea. Yeah, that's great. Just getting those, like, legitimately, the non-negotiables in place that you know you're not yeah. going to mess around on so that you don't have to. Yep. This was so true of me, JP, when I was online dating. I remember I, I, I hear I paid for subscriptions to different apps and different services, and I ended up like paying 45 bucks a month to witness to guys because I would yep. just get in these long, drawn out conversations and they're like challenging me on my faith. And I'm like <laughs> doing a full on apologetics. I'm like, man, yep. ladies and guys know, you know, find that person that is solid in what they believe and, and who they have allegiance to. Um, that is, it is so important. Uh, you will, you'll save yourself wasting a lot of time. So good thoughts there. Yeah, that's great. 
Okay, folks, um, that is it for this week's uh, culture segment. As I promised, we are going to be back here next week with JP answering more of your questions. And so um, we want you to come back. We will have more questions live from our audience uh, who is here taping with us today and more questions from social media that have come in as well. Meanwhile, I want you guys to know uh, that we have got JP's book, Outdated, Find Love That Lasts, when dating has changed for a gift of any amount to Boundless. So we have this on hand here. You just go to boundless.org. In fact, you can search... You'll see the book cover right there when you go to Boundless. Uh, Go to this week's episode. Give a gift of any amount to Boundless, a ministry that you already love and are are clued in on. And we will send JP's book outdated as our thank you to you so you can make that happen. I also want to remind you that JP's podcast, Becoming Something, is super awesome. Um, It is so great. Conversations on all kinds of issues around young adulthood and maturity and faith and so make sure that you check that out anywhere podcasts are, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and beyond. JP, are you willing to join us again next week? Absolutely. You're the best, Lisa. You're such an encourager. Thank you for that. I'm encouraged just hearing you say all that. I can't wait to come back. Absolutely. We'll do it. These hands do nothing until you compel me. These feet go nowhere until you propel me. My heart is barren till your spirit rushes through This life is nothing without you I've reached the end of what my sight can show me I only want to know the one who knows me My heart was searching, now I finally found the truth This life is nothing without you Let your Folks, we are here with our inbox. We're finishing out the show, and we have got Counselor Jenny Coffee here to answer this week's question. Jenny, hey. Hi. <laughs> hello, hello. Okay, um, this is a great one. It is another friendship question, specifically friendships with the opposite sex. And so our listener says, what are your recommendations for having good boundaries with a friend of the opposite sex? Specifically, how much time is too much time together? Can you spend one-on-one time with each other? And how much time texting, for example, is considered excessive? Uh, should there be boundaries for praying with someone of the opposite sex? I enjoy getting to know other singles, but I want to make sure I'm guarding my heart in the process. Mm-hmm. So many layers, yeah. good good layers, yeah. but it, it's difficult. I would say this, you have to go into almost every friendship realizing that there's going to be a level of intimacy. I mean, God created relationship, friendship, all of these things for intimacy. So there's a certain level of that that's going to be a part that you have to be aware of. So there has to be a threshold that you're kind of aware of, like Mm -hmm. what maybe you're able to give or willing to give, being aware of that. And then what I would say, though, is don't necessarily close yourself off to the possibility of it going into something else if that's natural and organic. I mean, probably 70% of the people I know that are married now are married because they used to be really good friends. <laughs> so, I mean, you want to marry someone who's a close friend, somebody yeah. that you actually want to spend time with and can see yourself with for decades. I mean, that's the goal. So yeah. there's an element to this where you want there to be a friendship. But really, if I had this reader or listener in front of me, I would ask them, what I guess is the fear? Like, what are you hoping to stay away from? Mm-hmm. Because if she's 
or he is in this place where they are trying to guard their heart because they were in a past relationship that just ended and they're kind of healing those types of things? Or is this more of a purity issue? Or is this saying, I want to align myself with what the Lord wants for my life? So just looking at all of those things and letting the Holy Spirit help you discern what you're needing or wanting. Mm -hmm. But on the surface, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. I think there just needs to be an awareness, once again, of what you're willing to give and what the other person is willing to give and somewhat trying to meet in the middle on that, which you're never going to really totally know unless you ask them. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard because so much, you know, it, it almost feels like at some point just a good honest conversation yes. is necessary because there can be assumptions on either side. And and I think also looking at the end game of like, you know, yeah, if you, you know, don't go in saying, well, we're just going to be friends, but, you know, I'm kind of hoping it's going to be something more and you don't know where the other person is and then you're going to be disappointed. Um, and I think a lot of people who end up doing stuff that kind of breeds intimacy, like, you know, if this person is your last call of the night, and they're right. your personal therapist, and you're just BFFs on every level, mm -hmm. you're going to set yourself up for even if you both start dating people, and you feel good about the other people. I, I think the people you start dating are going to be like, uh, something here has to change. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, so again, I think the honest conversations and being willing to acknowledge like, okay, Maybe we'll have to uh, back off in this or reevaluate is, is a good thing to do. And not I think get too women invested. have a harder time with this because yeah. we just don't we have I'm going to I'm going to help some of my, my ladies out today. <laughs> OK, because I've taken a consensus on this opinion mm -hmm. over the years and apparently it's true. But, you know, the latter thing that men have one ladder and women have two ladders. Have you heard this before? I feel like I have, but you're going to have to re-explain Okay, so it. basically women have a friend ladder and then a possible date ladder. Okay. And if you start out on the friend ladder, like the likelihood of you jumping over to the possibly would date is very unlikely, like for a man. Like you kind of, it's the friend zone okay. idea. Whereas men have one ladder and women just fall in different places on that ladder. Oh, and so okay. it's kind of this concept of like women can really have just friendship with a man and not view it as anything else. I don't know if men can do that as well. Oh. Um, now, I'm not necessarily saying that they're going to fall in love with every single girl they're friends with, mm -hmm. but they're, it's just a little different. There's a different level of intimacy. Obviously, I'm not a man, but like I said, I've taken a consensus because I'm like, is this true? This can't be true. And every man I've talked to is like, it's absolutely true. Huh, so this element of just saying, yeah, it's not like he's following you around like a puppy dog saying, well, I'll be lost without you or we can't possibly have anything platonic. But I think the feelings that women have for men are different than the feelings men have for women. Yeah. And so it's probably something where the woman in the context would need to have the conversation with the man of like, are we good? Because they'll probably be pretty honest yeah. about the situation. Yeah. Because if anything, it's going to be her probably pushing the intimacy further, hmm. him assuming that means something different, and her saying, oh, wait, I thought we were just – like, you can't treat him like a girlfriend. Yeah. He's not. Right. So just keeping that intimacy in mind as far as – man threshold and woman threshold because it's different for us yeah. as women that's interesting because i've heard women i wonder how women would take issue to that because i've heard many women say like oh no i mean he will decide within you know 10 seconds of meeting someone whether or not he would ever date him like uh -huh. where women will say oh i didn't really like him at first but he grew on me over time right? and all this kind mm -hmm. of stuff and then the guys are just like, no, I knew, you know, attraction apparently doesn't grow or it doesn't, I'm, you know, and now I'm going to hear from all the guys who are like, that's not even true. And so, okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't just write Lisa specifically. This is Jenny Coffey's opinion. Okay. Figure out your own stuff, whether right. you're the one who's the more likely to get emotionally needy or want it to be mm -hmm. something more mm -hmm. without having clarity. And that's really so, the point yeah. is where is that threshold for each person? Because likelihood is one person will probably push it further keeping it in friendship mode in their mind and the other person views it differently. So it's just constant communication. Yeah, that's cool. Well, thank you so much, Jenny, yes, for weighing you. in on that. Okay, folks, um, I would love to invite you, if you have not already, to go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review of the show because I know many of you are newer listeners and uh, you haven't really had a chance to weigh in on the show. But if you leave a positive review over there, other people will see it and it might prompt them to want to give the show a chance as well. So just go over to Apple Podcasts. You can click on reviews and leave your own review there. Otherwise, I will see you around next week. I'm Lisa Anderson for The Boundless Show. The Boundless Show is a production of Boundless.org. Focus on the family. Boundless. 
Do you ever wonder what it was like to meet Jesus face to face? The miracles, the teachings, the long-awaited Messiah in the flesh. It's all in a new novel by Focus on the Family called The Chosen, I Have Called You by Name, based on the hit streaming series. Immerse yourself in first century Galilee. Experience the Savior through the eyes of his followers. You'll want to dive deeper into scripture with every page turn. Learn more about The Chosen novel at focusonthefamily.com slash chosen. That's focusonthefamily.com slash chosen.